you what, I think the next big shoe to drop, the next Trumpgasm, as I've been calling Tuesday, <coughs> and it was. I mean, it was crazy. Yeah, yeah. You know, you could avoid it, and good for you if you did. But, I mean, if you were if you were taking in cable news, especially non-Fox cable news, it was a Trumpgasm on Tuesday. But the next one is going to be when it's announced that President Trump has pardoned Paul Manafort. I thought you were going to say when Omarosa's book comes out in paperback. I can't wait. Remember that? He's going to pardon Manafort, and I, I don't know if this is something you do on the last day of your year in office, whether in two years or six. Yes, unless you're Donald J. Don't give or, a damn Trump. Or does, or does it this afternoon? Deborah J. Saunders, the White House correspondent for the Las Vegas Review-Journal, not only a fabulous journalist, but uh, a person like ourselves who isn't wild with rooting interest and just tries to understand what's going on. Hello, Deb. How are you doing? Uh, are, are you comfortable with that characterization? I am. I am. Excellent. So any indication Trump is... Well, first of all, you were in the courtroom, and uh, you you seemed to notice Paul Manafort's demeanor as he was being told he was guilty of all these things. You'd think an old man who might spend the rest of his life in prison would be pretty horrified, was he? Uh, He he was... So when he'd come out, he always looked like he'd just taken a nap. He does have the sleepy eyes of the... He uh, he does. He, he, He always looks like he just woke up. And, and when that and after the verdict, he didn't have that sleepy look on his face. Mm. Um, so you could, I mean, so you, obviously it was, but he didn't look like, oh my God, I'm going to go to, I'm going to die in prison look either, which you might expect from a different person. I've heard he has so, a second set of eyelids like a crocodile. Is that true? <laughs> <laughs> well, do you read anything? You know, I didn't see that. <laughs> do you read anything into that uh, lack of panic when he found out he was guilty? Yeah, well, I mean, I think that uh, if you watch the defense, and I, I, I sat in for the closing arguments and Rick Gates' testimony, and you get the feeling that they're going through the motions a little bit because while they were, you know, working for a not guilty verdict, I think that, I think that Paul Manafort expects Donald Trump to pardon him at some point in time mm. or commute a sentence. It, it, it would be shocking clear. to me, you know, that idea is shocking to some people. It would be shocking to me if he didn't, given some of the things he said recently okay, well, about well, Paul Manafort well, and the witch hunt and, hunt and being an honorable man, etc. Is there an argument for pardoning Paul Manafort? It doesn't seem like there is to me. Well, I mean, if you believe that the prosecution was completely political, that's the argument. Yeah, um, see, that's now, that's the moral difficulty of this situation. How about the argument of did he do it or not? And he did. <laughs> see, you. That, that's, that's the other. That's the other uh, other part, isn't it? And this is you're sitting there. I'm sorry. Just uh, let me set it up real quick, Debs, because this is like an ethics class in college thing. You have all sorts of these criminals violating the laws, getting rich, then evading their taxes. There are all sorts of them in D.C. And then, for political reasons, prosecutors say, I tell you what, let's seek out and punish the ones who support Trump. And then you, you seek him out, he's guilty of 16 dogs. And, and what is that, ethically? Yeah, I mean, it's a problem. And I, I, we've known each other for a long time. You know I have issues with the way federal prosecutors operate. They seem to go after, when they go after you, they're ruthless, Right. And they will just charge you with anything. In fact, one of the things that I learned during the trial is that um, the, the feds, the FBI went to Manafort and, and Rick Gates, who later uh, turned on him, um, and they asked him about the money that they got from Ukraine 
uh, for Russian people. And they admitted they had all this offshore money and they didn't get prosecuted. And then the feds come back and they're now they're now, of course, they were charged for, for that money, for, for putting that offshore and, and evading taxes. So there is this sense that it's a really political prosecution. Now, having said that, to me, he seemed guilty of tax fraud and bank loan fraud. Uh, and, and, it, and while the defense tried to say Rick Gates turned on Manafort and it was he's the one who did it. They didn't really put up a good argument on that. In fact, they, I don't think they even got to the, the tax fraud charges. Like, why bother? Oh, only on some of the other stuff. So do I think he's guilty of all those things? Yes. Has he been under the radar of federal investigators before? Yes. But they never did anything. Yeah. Yeah, man, that's, that's an ugly, uh, ugly situation. Uh, how do Americans walk away from this conversation feeling about... You know, all of the people and institutions we've been discussing. Right. Probably discussed head. If somebody was going to make the announcement, we got Paul Manafort and the day of getting away with this sort of thing is over for everybody. And he's the first. Okay, I'm fine with that. Has anybody even bothered to say that? No. But if if you're just going to pick and choose people that will make Trump look bad, that's kind of a weird way to run the justice system. So, listen, Deb, getting back to the actual trial and the verdict, uh, Deb Saunders on the line from the Las Vegas Review-Journal. Uh, it's recently come out that the the 10 hung counts that they couldn't return a verdict, they were 11 to 1. In retrospect, can you see the hatred in the eyes of the 11 jurors as they came back into the, the courtroom? So there was this, um, I don't know this, okay, but there was one person who sat apart during, started sitting one seat away from the others. So people were guessing, I don't know if this is true, that this is the holdout. Um, at the end, when they, when they did the verdict, another guy was sitting with him, and there was a seat between them and the other people. Uh, what does that mean? Maybe, maybe nothing. Maybe the guy just thought somebody else needed a shower. I don't know, right? But, but uh, so, so that's one of, the, one of the things that people were watching. But, you know, that, that always was, I mean, there, there was a feeling among observers that, one of the things that the defense was trying to do was just play to that one person, hoping that there'd be one person in the jury pool who just doesn't like the way this thing has happened. Right. Do you have any uh, knowledge of this? Because, I mean, you were in the courtroom and all, everything, so um, you're busy with that. But I heard a reporter yesterday said their sources inside the White House say that Trump was surprisingly calm or on Air Force One as the news was coming out and didn't seem to be, you know struck by it that much do you have any idea what it's like inside the white house right now well i was there yesterday when everybody was asking sarah sanders about a pardon um you know i'm not i i i mean i think you can always tell what the white house is like by looking at at, uh, the president's tweets and uh he was he was on a terror yesterday uh he he seemed pretty uh, this thing that he's really calm i mean i'm sure that some people said it but it sure didn't look that way Hmm. Uh, when you when you followed his Twitter feeds, you know I don't know how yesterday. you could be calm. Um, yeah, even if you're innocent, yeah. I, I would think, oh, this is not a good day. Although love Trump or hate him, he's an expert manipulator of the media and public opinion. So I could see him being fairly laid back and confident behind the scenes, but unleashing blasts on Twitter. I just I just don't know. Uh, speaking of calm behind the scenes, Deb, have you seen uh, General Kelly lately? Can you ask him if he's okay from me? <laughs> I saw him. I saw him. Uh, Monday, I think. Uh, he looked okay. I don't know. He's, we, we all want him to stay healthy. We all, 
We all want him to, you know, I hope he meditates or something. Yeah, yeah, I think we all do. And uh, General Mattis as well. Yeah, we're we're grateful for their presence. Well, all right. So uh, the chaos continues. Jack and I were joking earlier. You know, I made an Omarosa's paperback uh, joke before. Um, (laughs) Earlier in the show, I said, Jack, I'm feeling wistful. Do you remember when we were so angry about security clearances being revoked? When was that? God, was I 17 or 18 when that was happening? The pace of it is just Looney Tunes. You know, for me, though, I think the thing that hurts Trump about this, because people, there are people who think this is political and people who don't, right? The thing that hurts him is just, you just see all these shady characters he surrounds himself sure. with. Michael Cohen, his, his private lawyer. Now, now, not a very good lawyer, we learn, right? Right. Uh, Paul Manafort, Rick Gates, both worked in the campaign. Omarosa. Uh, the way she said, and it, it, you just feel that this is the White House, and you should be surrounding yourself with better people. Ah, uh, yeah, well. yeah, that would help. It really would. Deborah J. Saunders, White House correspondent for the Las Vegas Review Journal. It's unique, though, and interesting, isn't it? Broke up the monotony of the last several presidents. <laughs> yeah. uh, great. I don't have any monotony in my life. Sorry, guys. <laughs> yeah, don't kidding, Deb. Thanks a million. Good to talk to you. Thank you. All right. To be fair, the uh, General Kellys, the, uh, the the General Mattis, uh, McMaster, while he was there, there's there's some you know examples of really really sterling, uh, grounded, normal right. people. You know, John Bolton's a very serious man, sure. and a lot of his excesses. He's no joke. On, no doubt. No doubt about it. Oh no, no. Uh, he was he was a hard ass on cable news when he was doing that, but a lot of that seems to have been muted. Now as national security advisor. Oh, you know, it's funny. Uh, nobody wants to talk about the tariff situation much. Um, I would say, you know, I'd like to see some progress now. I get the it's a long-term strategy, not a short-term strategy, which most left-leaning media seems to willfully ignore. Um, but i kind of like to hear that it's starting to bear a little fruit soon. Although, I don't know, maybe I'm just an impatient American. I need to wait two years. Um. So, I don't know we got what direction we want to go. Oh, I got all sorts of stuff. Elon Musk is the poster boy for obsessive overwork. Is it ruining your life? That's a thing, right? That's a culture. People who really get into that, it's its like something to brag about, how many hours you work and everything. Ah, and... I've great. always wanted to strive for fewer, but some people strive for more. Yeah, I'm a man who craves leisure. My uh, position on this is clear. Um, also, I'm a First Amendment freak, and I love these ethical questions. Rapper jailed for a song-threatening police tries a free speech appeal. I want to hear that. All right. Do we have some of the song? I'm not sure we can air it. Oh, really? Stay tuned. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. People are better off financially all around the world, but people aren't happier. Why is that? Never really had a chance. I don't know. Internet? Never really had a chance to study this in world. You know, that actually plays a role, I think. I'll bet it does. Never really had a chance to uh, study this in world history because people, most people were poor for most of all human history. And they didn't want to be happy. They wanted to be alive. Let me hit you with this one stat and then we'll talk about it later. Real per capita income has more than tripled in the United States since the 1950s, but the percentage of people saying they're very happy, if anything, has slightly declined. 
Mm. So wow. per capita income has tripled, adjusted for inflation, happiness has declined. I think this discussion will take in economics, philosophy, religion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and hum- well, human nature, really. Yeah. So stay tuned for that. Yeah. So uh, I'm a First Amendment freak. If in doubt, let it out. That's what I say. I really hate speech codes on college campuses. Um, the idea that uh, hate speech can be banned is just laughably stupid. Because if I let you define hate speech, you can define it in a way that's wildly different from the way I would. There ends the discussion. If you have a freedom, a right of freedom of speech. <clears throat> a rapper was jailed for a song threatening police and has tried a free speech appeal. Now, interestingly, the 2012 song is entitled F the Police. Uh, is it NWA, NWA or uh, NWA? NWA, yeah. Uh, they want their song back. Although this is spelled T-H-E police and not T-H-A police. Anyway, well, actually, you can't copyright a song title. Anyway. You can't? No. I can write a song called <clears throat> Stairway to Heaven. Strangers in the Night? Sure. Yep. Not plan to. Hmm. Put it out on vinyl. Sell it to hipsters. Anyway. But the lyrics, <clears throat> if the lyrics are the same, then you can get into trouble? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and the, Or and the music. Yeah, but, but the title? that's why there are there are movies or there are titles that there have been like twenty five movies made by that title. <laughs> why aren't there more people putting out an album? They call it Joshua Tree, just for fun. Because <laughs> I think he'd be mocked so cruelly. <laughs> and musicians are sensitive types, but not these musicians, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> Joe says in his transition voice. <laughs> why, why don't we hear? Do we have a little of it? It's bleeped, right? Yeah. yeah. For the love of heaven. And so what does he say? Sounds a little better than I expected. To. And what does he say during the bleep? Oh, I'll respect. Say bad words, Jack. <laughs> yeah, mutual uh, understanding with the police force. Here's the dealio. The rap song identified two Pittsburgh police officers by name and made direct threats of violence against them. That is not protected speech under the First Amendment, according to Pennsylvania's highest court. The song named and threatened two officers, who they name in the uh, newspaper article. I don't see any point in doing it myself. Um, The officers had arrested Daniel Zeltner and Michael... I'm sorry, no. They had arrested... The rappers. What's the rappers' names? Knox and Rashi Beasley. Um, oh, Jamal Knox and Rashi Beasley. Uh, on various drug and weapons charges, and the cops were scheduled to testify against them. While the charges were pending, the, DO, the duo wrote and recorded the song, which was then uploaded to YouTube by a third party, which might matter. Wow. And it's... shared on a public Facebook page, authorities connected to uh, one of the rappers. The song is full of graphic language depicting violence toward police. What's about to follow is graphic language depicting violence toward police. If you're sensitive to that sort of thing. Including the lyric, quote, I'ma jam this rusty knife all in his guts and chop his feet. What's hmm. he rhyme that with? <laughs> it doesn't say. One line, like Poplowski, I'm strapped nasty. References Richard Poplowski, a man on death row for the 2009 murder of three Pittsburgh police officers. Hmm. 
the first verse is for Officer Blank. Knox raps in the song you can under certain- the stage name of Mayhem Mal. You can certainly write a short story where you have this scene described. About specific officers? No, not a specific Who name. are scheduled to testify against you. Right. Right. I will have a rebuttal to this in a song I'm going to write and produce, and it'll be on my new album, Eagles Greatest Hits Volume 1, <laughs> is the name of my new album. <laughs> in another verse, the lyrics indicated the rapper seemed to know when the officers got off work and where they lived. One of the song's final lines is, let's kill these cops because they don't do us no good. In the ruling, the court uh, stated and ultimately found the song's lyrics to be a true threat, which is a category of speech not protected by the Constitution. Now, according to the director of the something or other First Amendment project, uh, the decision raises a key First Amendment question. The decision highlights the need for the U.S. Supreme Court to resolve whether the First Amendment protects speech if there is no specific intent on the part of the speaker to put the target in fear of imminent bodily death or harm, uh, bodily harm or death. And they're relying on it was a third party that posted it. But come on. That's pretty, uh, yeah. that's pretty uh, thin. Yeah, yeah. Now, is it also because they specifically named individuals? Could could? Oh, that's uh, yeah. That's, that's like the key. Every, so in that's theory, the I could key. say I hate librarians or f librarians. But if I say f, a, Dorothy weird, the librarian, it's a weird stance you have. Sean. I'm trying to remove the, the cop <laughs> element from it. I'd rhyme it with contrarians. <laughs> Just saying, I'm a librarian contrarian. <laughs> Don't you shush me. That's right. Now, Knox's attorney, Patrick Nightingale. Uh, ironically named, argued that the song was artistic, did not intend it to be a threat, because they didn't post it themselves. There was no proof they meant for the officers to hear it. The court rejected that argument. Uh, aside from naming the two officers, the judge wrote in the opinion, quote, the song includes, quote, clear expression repeated in various ways that these officers are being selectively targeted, etc. I- I'm with I'm with the decision. Um, because I was thinking about all sorts of examples, a short story, a movie, etc. Um, and if it names specific people and implied that they, they that I am going to kill them or torture them, yeah, that's a threat. Any dissent in the court? No. Hearing I, none? I get that. No, that checks out. Yeah. You, you can't be giving out addresses of people and saying, hey, we should kill these people. Yeah. <laughs> That yeah. seems pretty clear, yeah. yeah. When you when you say it like that, it seems pretty obvious. <laughs> Where did the old chopping their feet idea come from? Is there a lot of foot chopping in Pittsburgh? So if I name my album Eagles Greatest Hits Volume 1 and people buy it thinking they're getting the other one, have I done anything wrong? Hey, buyer beware, that's what I say. <laughs> Should have checked the song list. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, Trump busy distancing himself from former lawyer Michael Cohen, a major wireless provider getting blasted for throttling down high-speed data on fire crews battling a California wildfire. Oof. And we got more warnings about E6 coming up. All and on the way. Look, lawyers, yes, I know why Jack can't name his album that uh, later. Stay later. tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. So we're going to get into this a little bit. This, um, uh, worldwide, particularly in America, we have more money than we used to, but we're not happier, according to all studies. So why is that? Somebody texted that it's the difference between mind craves and body craves, which I found very interesting. Mm. But uh, stay tuned for all that. Sounds yes. like the title of my new concept album. 
Mind craves, body craves. Yeah, it's going to be a little Orwell, a little uh, strip club. A little uh, R-rated <laughs> and incredibly philosophical. My new album is going to be called Thriller. That's the way I go about it. <laughs> oh, just to save all the lawyers from writing an email. Yeah, if there's a material effort to deceive and defraud consumers yes. into thinking they're buying something else, you can't use that title. Yeah, I get that. I'm not. I'm just calling it Thriller. <laughs> Here's the news with Marsha Phillips. Well, President Trump distancing himself from his former personal lawyer, Michael Cohen, who pleaded guilty to charges of fraud, tax evasion, campaign finance violations, implying that uh, he made payments to two women to keep them quiet at Trump's direction. Anyway, during the Fox interview this morning, Trump uh, was busy dismissing Cohen. He was a lawyer for me for uh, one of many. I, you know, they, they always say the lawyer, and then they like to add the fixer. Well, I don't know if there's a fixer. Uh, I don't know where that term came from, but he's been a lawyer for me. Didn't do big deals, did small deals. I don't know the truth on this. Chris yeah. Christie's been saying for a long time, this guy was not a big deal in Trump's life. Or he was the big deal in Trump's life. I don't actually know. In the uh, Fox interview, Trump also accused Cohen of flipping. He makes a better deal when he uses me. Trump explaining. Ten years in jail or 20 years in jail. But if you can say something bad about Donald Trump and you'll go down to two years or three years, which is the deal he made. In all fairness to him, most people are going to do that. Yeah, Dershowitz was talking about that the other night. He said that's pretty common. That you'll have right. uh, you'll have a criminal, and they do have a lot of stuff, but they add a little something else, right? Kind of at the urging of the prosecutors, they make it clear, you know, if you had this piece of information, it'd really be great. So they go ahead and claim they do, so right. that they can all move forward, right? And it doesn't pan out. Dershowitz said that's really common, and wow. that he said he's been fighting against that since the early seventies. Right. The fact that prosecutors will get people to claim they have stuff that they don't have then give them a deal, and then move forward with going after the bigger fish. Mm. And as a as a real liberal, he, he hates that that right. happens oh, all over the country. Oh, yeah, because you could get a warrant, etc., and yeah. then go fishing yeah. based on that. Yeah. And uh, during that uh, Fox interview, Trump went on to add... <laughs> this whole thing about uh, flipping, they call it. I know all about flipping. For 30, 40 years, I've been watching flippers. Everything's wonderful, and then they get 10 years in jail, and they, they flip on whoever the next highest one is, or as high as you can go. It, it almost ought to be outlawed. It's not fair. There you well, go. <laughs> I'm not sure about that. Uh, but it's, it's always bothered me, though. It's yeah. always bothered oh, me. That you, you, yeah. you, you let criminals go to get the bigger criminal. Well, can we get all the criminals? But I understand that's the yeah, way it works. Sometimes you can't. But as uh, fabulous Armstrong and Getty Guest and uh, prominent attorney Bill Portnova put it, everybody flips. Yeah. Well, Set, uh, how would you not? Manafort. How would you not? Because he got a bit of an ace in the hole. Yeah, Greg, Greg Anderson with Barry Bonds is the only one I can think of who actually went to jail and kept his mouth shut. I don't know what Barry Bonds promised him. I heard another interesting theory on why Manafort didn't flip, and it's not necessarily loyalty to Trump. It's fear of the other people that he has done business with, uh, possibly overseas in various... <laughs> you think Trump's concrete guy is going to take <laughs> no, Manafort no, out? No, Manafort's Ukrainian connection. He can't start flipping and s- selling out Americans without also oh, selling out the people who kind of just throw poison in your face right. randomly. <laughs> that very well yeah. could be true, because he yeah. did business with some of the worst people in the world, mm-hmm. and they would make it very clear, look, I'll kill your whole family. You get me tied into this in any way. I mean, that's not a joke. I'm not being trying to be shocking for the radio. That's not hard to imagine at all. Well, his clients included not only Eastern European oligarchs and mobsters, but 
a genocidal African warlords. Sure, right. Yeah, he was mixed with some bad people. California's... And then Trump hired him to be the campaign director. Well, did you see him in an ostrich suit? I mean, how do you say no? Exactly. You know what? I'll tell you this, though, Jack. You're very cynical. You're a never-Trumper. You want Hillary, I guess. Um, absolutely nobody has disputed the fact that Paul Manafort was a great choice for getting delegates lined up for the convention, yeah. which was what he was hired for. Yeah, they thought Everybody they were... said he is the best at that. They thought it was going to be a brokered convention, and that was the right. guy with the knowledge on that part. So that's why he was hired. California's Santa Clara County Fire Chief is blasting Verizon for throttling firefighters' internet during the fight against the Mendocino Complex fire. I'm sorry, who are they uh, blasting? Verizon? Verizon, yes. Verizon did Verizon. this. Hmm, interesting, you're talking about Verizon. Verizon. Go on. Yes, in a brief filed this week, he says the company put the safety of firefighters at risk as they battled the blaze. Verizon admitting to slowing the internet service for the firefighters because their plan allowed for the use of only a limited amount of high-speed wireless data. The throttling reportedly happened despite fire officials telling the company they were in the middle of an emergency. Wow. Some of the details on this are pretty upsetting. When the the fire department is on the phone with Verizon talking about this, and Verizon goes into, well, you can upgrade your package and get double the amount. They they were upselling... The fire department, while they are fighting fires and saving lives. You know, this this is part of rules-obsessed America, over-regulated America, where the person on the phone just has their little script. Yep. And they can't think, oh, my God, because they've spent their entire life free play as children, etc., developing judgment. They can't say, wow, yeah, we really need to kick, kick this up the chain. This is important. God, we live in a society of drones. Well, makes the, me nuts. Yeah. And the right answer is you let them do what they got to do, and then you come back after these fires are put out and say, look, you went over by this much. We're going to have to charge you this much and work out right. some sort of deal. And it's right. taxpayer money anyway, so you'll be fine. Right. Now, Verizon is saying... Wow, so you're into, like, post-facto gouging of well, these brave firefighters. Well, or, or, or you... Or and you, you wanted Hillary. Or as a big PR <laughs> move, you let it go to show that you're, right. you know... Now that is brilliant. But, but the one thing you don't do is throttle their usage. Well, why don't you ask him if he'd like to upgrade to an unlimited data plan? He's actually fighting to save children right now. We'll have him call us. Verizon says, gee, they made a mistake, and they're going to fix any issues going forward. On the other hand, AT&T has just jumped in, making it known they will offer a guaranteed non-throttling plan for fire and law enforcement agencies. AT&T, who got busted for throttling people years ago, because I was on that other end of that deal. What about talk show hosts, (laughs) AT&T? What about that? (laughs) There you go. That is a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. I love these studies about what makes people happy, um, and it ain't money. You find that out over and over. This, this it's story lots shows of that money. It's, it's even more money. That's what you need. Um, it's the stuff you buy with it. <laughs> that's what would really make me happy. Oh man, really shiny something, something super shiny. Then something shiny next week. Is that the shiny thing before? You don't care about it after about a week. Yeah, that's true. Boy, trying to teach kids that. Remember to adults that. Well, yeah, yeah no kidding. Really. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. Of the nation.
doesn't buy happiness. Do you live in America? Because it buys a wave runner. You ever seen a sad person on a wave runner? Have you? Seriously, have you? Try to frown on a wave runner. They are so awesome. It's just throttle. People smile as they hit the pier. Because you forget you need gas to turn. It goes against your natural instincts. That, uh, that last line was Tosh being Tosh. That was Daniel Tosh, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Oh, he's hilarious. He's great. And he is. so wrong. So rude. He's one of the funniest people ever. Yes. Um, so this article about uh, happiness relative to income. As income has gone up, and they, they found this all over the world, uh, people aren't getting happier. Or they do briefly, but then it goes away. Quick quick question before I fully formulate my response. My response to this: Does this? Did somebody ask you to fully formulate a response? <laughs> no, Just out of curiosity, I do that uh, without being asked. Um, does this self-starter? <laughs> does this take into account the the rise in cost of living? Yeah, this is adjusted for impl- inflation. Okay, yeah. real income, whining millennial. Back to you, Jack. Um, I don't know what order. To Maybe do people this. are less happy because people yell at them all the time. <laughs> Called them names. People got called snowflakes a lot less back then. (laughs) (laughs) Some of the stats are pretty interesting. Uh, Real, I mentioned this already, real per capita income has more than tripled since the late 50s, but the percentage of people saying they're very happy has slightly declined, basically flat, and they found this around the world. They did a deep dive into the relatively uh, new discipline of happiness economics with a couple of findings. Uh, the share of the world's population living on less than a less than two dollars a day. Again, this is adjusted for inflation over the years. Has declined from under ten percent of the world now. It was almost half in nineteen eighty. Nineteen eighty. It's now thanks less, to free markets. By yeah, the way, less than ten percent. So, yeah. but ordinary mm-hmm. people's well being or their 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 happiness has not changed much. They have found. There's a couple of things here, and most of it gets down to human nature. It reminds me of a joke that uh, Jonah Goldberg told on our program. He was talking about a cartoon in The New Yorker, I think, where a couple of dogs are standing at the bar drinking martinis, and the one dog (laughs) says to the other dog, it's not enough that we dogs succeed, it's cats have to fail. (laughs) Um, And that is the absolute truth, this article says, about human nature. Two things are important. It's uh, it's it's all relative to your locality. Mm-hmm. So you so you know, nationally incomes could go up, 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 up. But if you personally are doing, you know, not doing as well, that actually makes you less happy that other people are doing better. Right. If you stayed flat, yeah. And then there's just the uh, the whole you compare yourself to others and your former self and what you had expected. That's funny. I was just going to say it's expectations and comparison. Yeah, clearly. And the comparison is um uh. To other people and your former self, which is interesting. In other words, they had they had a whole bunch of examples of people who had, you know, the, the same amount as somebody else, but they had more previously. So when you lose that amount, somebody else that's got the same amount of you, they're happier than you. Right. Which is, that one's not hard to wrap your mind around. I, I used to have a bigger house and a nicer car. Yeah. Now I got the, a smaller house and a crappier car. That person always has. They're happier with that than I am. I'm not retiring anytime soon, but I do think of that in terms of retirement. Because they say, oh, what do you have to have to maintain your current lifestyle? There's no need to. No. Um, but no. I do think about, yeah, that'll be tough to take. 
scaling back the lifestyle. Well, and if it's forced on you, you know, at the right. age of 40 with a couple of kids, yeah. it, it makes people pretty unhappy. And that yeah. is all that is all perception and in our own minds. If the family next to you has got the same stuff and they're happy, you know, what what is that? It's pretty interesting. Um, and then you get into the uh, just the idea that stuff doesn't make you happy. I mean, beyond having food and shelter um, and health, there aren't that many things that are going to improve your happy happiness. And this gets into mind craves versus body craves, which I'd never heard about this. Mind craves, contentment, you cannot buy. Um, body craves, you can buy. Um, that would be like food, warmth, or cooling, or whatever. Mm, okay. Your, your, your body body has craves for certain things that it would really like mm-hmm. to be more comfortable and have some food. But your mind craves are just, you know, that's Status, kind of... Status, I'd imagine. Yeah, or pers- yeah the, how you're... Pride. Pers- pride, yeah, all kinds of different things that v- vary inside, vary from individual to individual, and then vary in your own life from day to day if you, if you let them run wild. Yeah. It's, you know, anybody can do this. Convince yourself that you you don't have near as much as you deserve or should or that person has over there. Or you can go the other way. You can convince yourself, you know, in the overall scheme of things, things are pretty good for me. You know, with all due respect to Michael effing Cohen, um, this ought to be the only conversation people should be having in America. Right. right. Of course, <clears throat> you know, the, the rampant consumerism uh, makes a lot of people a lot of money. There's a fair and amount. They'd rather not hear some of it. There's been there's there's this article doesn't get into this, of course, because it's in the New York Times. But there has been there's a large percentage of people that went from getting some sort of satisfaction for where they fit into the world, re God, and serving mankind and everything mm-hmm. like that. Am, to am I a respected member of my community? Do I give eliminating so. that completely? <laughs> nature abhors a vacuum, so that will be filled with something. You're going to worship something. You are going to worship something, and a lot of people worship stuff. That's just a fact. There's just no getting around that. Plus, you know what? More people want to be famous now. Like, young people want to be oh, famous. Boy. And so if you're famous, you got to have fancy things. Which is stuff on a certain level, right? Yeah, although it's... I think that the, the lust for fame is an interesting question. Because part of it is ego, certainly. Wanting to be well-known also... Part of it, and, and this came up in a different context yesterday, is a perception that if I'm famous, I will be happy. Boy, that I want to be so Bob wrong. Dylan. You know, uh, that is so wrong. When I look at the TV, I want to see me staring right back at me. Adam Duritz, longer ago than I'd like to admit, of Counting Crows. Maybe it's because I've had minor amounts of fame, but I've just had for, for many, many, many years, practically my whole life, I can't remember a time when I thought being famous would make a person happy. But I've been mildly famous for a long yeah, time, so I, yeah, maybe I just be, have enough of it to realize that doesn't do anything. To be, like, international, can't go out to dinner famous? Well, that'd be awful. I wouldn't wish that on people I hate. <laughs> oh, it's an awful way to live. Yeah, and it's all in the eye of the beholder. It doesn't do anything for you right. internally. You know, that's a bit of wisdom. Do we have time for a bit of wisdom? Two minutes, perfect. Unless there, is there more to that you want to do? Nah. Yeah. I don't care. Nah. Yeah. So, uh... Uh, I can't remember who said this. It may pop into my head, but they they pointed out fame is not something you have. Fame is something the other person has in that. And and I've had this happen to me in our, our minor fame. You will meet two people. One of the people is a huge fan and is so nervous to meet you, they can barely speak. Their friend is alongside. It's never heard the show from out of town, whatever. 
And it's like, hey, dude, how's it going? Radio, that's got to be interesting. And it's perfectly relaxed. Keeping in mind that someday, some tragic, dark day, when the show doesn't exist anymore, it'll be a while down the road. But, you know, if God willing, I'm still breathing, I'll just be a dude. And I won't, and I'll still be me, but everybody else will react to me completely differently. That's not something I have. It's something the other people have. Right. And, 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 and you can't go out to eat. I love to eat. I think it's worth thinking about, though, if you're, there are many reasons to want to have more money in terms of security, planning for your future, your kids, all that sort of stuff. But if you think that's the key to happiness, there are plenty of studies around the world that are not showing that people are getting happier with more money. Right. <clears throat> you're about as happy as you're going to get. Stuff stuff doesn't do it. Because you got to keep buying more stuff. It's more like a hit a crack than it is a recipe for happiness. What about this newer thing? It's supposed to be better. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.